the difference a week makes. Last Saturday afternoon, Michigan's undefeated season came to an end, losing 37-33 to the Michigan State Spartans. However, their demise greatly exaggerated. Their obituary was written. It was set in stone. The anger and animosity was definitely at a fever pitch. But the team, this week, Jim Harbaugh showed up to his Monday press conference, told the media that the grieving is over, and he believed in his team how they'll respond to the outside chatter, to the adversity, to the defeat. And that's a reflection also of where the College Football Playoff Committee ranked Michigan heading into Saturday's matchup against the Indiana Hoosiers. The Playoff Committee ranked Michigan at number 7, and their goals are still ahead of them after Saturday night, after they beat the Hoosiers 29-7. to It was a pretty convincing win from the opening kickoff to the final whistle. There was not much adversity in this one for the Wolverines. And it's one of those games that, going into it, everybody expected Michigan to win. Indiana is now 2-7 and seven on the year, a clearly porous record and a surprising record. People thought that the Hoosiers could be one of the best teams in the Big Ten East heading into the year. Clearly that's not the case. And clearly Michigan is one of the best teams in the Big Ten East and one of the best teams in college football. Of course, the highest criticisms always come within a fan base and fandom because they're the ones who watch most of the plays, if not each and every play. But the bottom line is against the Hoosiers on Saturday night, there are a lot of good things. There are certainly a few things to clean up. The biggest concern moving forward would be the injuries that occurred. Blake Corum, who has been integral and a big part of Michigan's number 7th ranked rushing attack, he only had one carry in this game for four yards, went out of the game with a leg injury. But the good news is he was in a walking boot. That's not good news, but the good news is after the game, Harbaugh didn't think it's a serious injury. Hassan Haskins said that Corum told him he's going to be fine, so hopefully this isn't an elongated injury. But Hassan Haskins, with Corum on the shelf, he proved his worth. He proved that he could be a quality NFL back someday. Haskins continued to rattle off impressive and strong powerful runs where at times there's five or six guys on his back and he keeps churning. He showed his hurling abilities by doing it once more, something that Jim Harbaugh worries about, but Haskins continues to stick his landing and not get rocked in midair. Haskins, 27 carries, a career-high 168 yards rushing, one touchdown. Haskins powered the offense, a game where Cade McNamara, he did some good things. He was 10 of 18, 168 yards, two touchdowns. McNamara did float some balls in the first half. If we just want to talk about sheer arm strength or just what the pass should be, some had a little bit too much air on them. A couple could have been intercepted in the first half. McNamara, he was banged up a bit last week at the conclusion, the second half against Michigan State, and Jim Harbaugh said that he kind of re-aggravated that in the game against Indiana and was working through something in the second half in the third quarter there was an entire series where McNamara was on the sideline he popped into the medical tent and then he was throwing 
for a while on the sideline. McCarthy on that drive led Michigan to a Jake Moody field goal. When McNamara ultimately came back in the game, this is where he actually threw his best pass of the game, a 50-yard strike to Cornelius Johnson. That was definitely a positive, one of the biggest positives of the game. He put that one on a line with some good arm strength, and then he capped off that drive with a passing touchdown to Luke Schoonmaker. Schoonmaker had two touchdowns on the day and really came up clutch considering that tight end Eric All, who had 10 receptions a week ago against Michigan State and left the game late, he didn't play against IU. Harbaugh said that he expects Eric All back next week at Penn State, but still good to see that the tight ends are getting some utilization in the offense, in the passing game, not just being used as run blockers. And then uh, perhaps most importantly, they're getting used more in the red zone. And Harbaugh mentioned that about Eric All's presence, his red zone capabilities. And the sooner they get Eric All back, the better, because it just makes the offense more versatile. And he's certainly a big weapon in becoming a reliable weapon in the passing game. A season remove where he had a lot of drops, that's not occurring this season. One of the big bright spots against the Hoosiers was Michigan's defense that only had a couple blemishes on the day, but overall rock solid. Aiden Hutchinson continues to wreak havoc on opposing quarterbacks. The same can be said about David Ojabo. Taylor Upshaw was back this week, and he had a sack as well. Michigan had nine quarterback hits on the day, had three sacks, and just a lot of plays that they were giving IU Freshman quarterback, number zero, Donovan McCauley, just nightmares. McCauley was 10 of 24 on the day for 88 yards, and boy, was it tough sledding for him. Michigan's defense really threw uh, down the stretch, especially the second half. They really buckled down. It it became not even bend, don't break. They just started not giving up any yards, period. And there was just tough sledding for IU. 53 yards, total yards for IU in the second half. IU was just one of seven on third down in the second half when they were trailing. Michigan outscored IU in the second half by a score of 12 to nothing. So I did like the cohesive effort from quarter one to quarter four. If we're going to narrow down some things that Michigan must improve on going forward, it would be the red zone offense in which they continue to settle on field goals and Yes, that's good. Points per drive is certainly a statistic that matters, but so is punching in touchdowns, and it things just bogged down there. Good thing Jake Moody has been ever so reliable this season, but the red zone issues are something they're going to have to figure out, and what are they going to do from here? Is it What's the issue, right? Uh, what is the diagnosis? Is it uh, run-pass sequence? Is it uh, predictable play calling? Is it some conservative quarterback play to where there's a check down and not throwing beyond the sticks? Uh, what is it exactly? Is it uh, also a little bit of faith in Jake Moody to where in some of these third and eights or uh, even third and twos that they don't convert, they don't go for it on fourth down? Just kick the field goal because Moody's so reliable. This is something that they definitely need to work on. It's been a common thread throughout the season. And let's face it, the rest of the season they play Penn State, they play Maryland, they play Ohio State. And uh, I don't want Maryland 
act like that is a game in which there's going to be a cakewalk. Michigan still has to show up to that one, but the two biggest threats are clearly Penn State and Ohio State, and you just don't want to get into a situation like last week against Michigan State where too many field goals were kicked, too many drives ended in the red zone prematurely, and then at the end of the game, you're looking at a final score of 37-33 to 33 and the coulda, shoulda, woulda of it all to where, man, if they just had this one punched in or th- that throw there, they could have won the game. So it obviously didn't cost Michigan any game against Indiana to where they didn't necessarily have to be as aggressive, just don't make a big mistake. I get that. But beyond that, beyond the red zone issues that sprung up, again, the most concerning thing to me was the pass protection. Cade McNamara got hit a couple times, as I previously noted. He had to be observed by the medical staff again, and that's not a good thing. Not a good thing for your quarterback to uh, get some damage inflicted to where he's not 100% throwing the football by the end of the game. So uh, definitely a, a couple sacks that McNamara took were not his fault at all. There was nothing he could do. The line either got blew up or somebody missed their assignment. A free man came through. McNamara did a pretty good job of getting rid of the ball when he could when there was a blitz today. McNamara's been quite solid against the blitz all season long as far as that goes. And then J.J. McCarthy had some action in this one too. And one of these sacks was on McCarthy. He was uh, shuffling his feet a bit too much. A uh, little gun shy. Maybe wasn't reading the defense entirely well. One sack was on him, but another sack was not on McCarthy at all. Same as McNamara, there's just nothing that could be done. So against some better teams, obviously Indiana, their defense has been a little bit on the up and up of late. They barely lost to Michigan State a couple weeks back. They lost 20-15. to Their defense played good against the Spartans, but still, uh, still concerning that the pass rush was getting... Uh, home to the extent it was so really have to shore that up before a road game where the environment's going to be loud at Penn State and the crowd's going to be a factor they're going to probably be able to fire up that defense a little bit more make it harder for McNamara or McCarthy if he gets in the game to communicate so the better the offensive line performs the better the quarterback play is going to be and that can be said whether it was 1948 or 2021 right but moving forward Michigan their hopes dreams desires they're still in front of them Ohio State is still Ohio State and CJ Stroud can throw for a lot of yards Travion Henderson is a solid running back but Nebraska They played Ohio State tough on Saturday. Penn State played Ohio State tough. Ohio State looks a little bit more vulnerable this season, but that's still going to be, you know, the tallest of tasks, beating the Buckeyes. But their safeties, their secondary, look like they can be exposed more than we can say for some previous teams. But they'll probably have the best game plan of the season heading into that matchup at the end of the year, the final game, the game, the Saturday after Thanksgiving at noon. Uh, Man, that's going to be crazy. It's going to be even crazier if Michigan's going to be able to take care of business against Penn State and Maryland beforehand. Now, after the game, uh, the post-game press conferences, 
there was definitely a sense of Michigan was already moved on from the Indiana game. They really, really weren't, uh, you know, patting themselves on the back too much. They definitely seemed focused and ready to get back to that film room and look at some Penn State film. They did exactly what they expected to do against Indiana. No more, no less, put it that way. If anything, they expected to play a little better, but not less. Like I said, the game was never in question. And this was a reflection, like I said, of, of how they acted post-game and some really good quotes from Taylor Upshaw and David Ojabo after the game just talking about their mentality, the battle cry, if you will, after the loss to Michigan State when the team was down, and they used it as fuel, and the battle cry, the new battle cry is somebody's got to pay. That is is what the team told each other, and Upshaw said that we bounced back from last week. Nobody was happy with last week's results. And we said, somebody's got to pay. And today was Indiana. And when asked about Penn State, Upshaw said, same as this game. Somebody's got to pay. We're not happy. We got places we want to go, and we're not going to stop. Now, Ojabo was asked about that, and he said, we were preaching that all week. Because obviously, y'all saw what happened last week. Michigan State, and that's out of our control. But going forward... We said, whatever happens, somebody has to pay. And it just happened to be Indiana. That was our mentality coming into the, this week. Probably going to keep it going throughout the rest of the year. It's working for us so far. So playing angry, playing with a chip on your shoulder, I think that's important. In all sports, everybody's always trying to get the smallest of edges. And the Michigan State loss was the coldest bucket of water that could possibly be thrown in the, the face of the team, the coaching staff. It was a wake-up call, and you can either crumble after a loss like that, or you can get to work even harder and earlier and really just try to find some solutions. And we don't really know yet what the solutions are. It, like I said, it was the Hoosiers, but Michigan's in a much better place than they were mentally after that defeat. There's no doubt about that. They have a lot to play for, so any of the criticisms about the Wolverines, I think, are a bit far-fetched. We're going to see what happens. The Michigan State loss, their loss to Purdue, is definitely going to be something that shakes up the Big Ten East if Michigan State falls to Ohio State and the Wolverines are able to beat Penn State and Maryland, that would set up a tilt versus the Buckeyes, the final game of the season that would decide who is the Big East champ. So that's a big deal. The other big deal is you look at where Michigan falls in the rankings. It's going to be interesting to see where Michigan State ranks in the next college football playoff ranking, of course. But where things currently stand until the rankings on Tuesday is Michigan's still going to remain number seven for now in the college football playoff. And Cincinnati is number six, but they did not look that good against Tulsa, a game they won 28-20. And I am just highly curious at this point if there's a scenario in which Michigan leapfrogs Cincinnati to where you could perhaps see Ohio State 
moving up to number four, and you see Michigan State falling down to number five, and then Michigan at six, and then Cincy at seven. There's also a scenario in which Michigan stays at seven after Tuesday, but I guess the counter to that would be none of it really matters. That ranking is nothing more than perhaps a psychological boost because the fate of Michigan's season, the fate of their final ranking will reside in if they're able to win out the rest of the remainder of the regular season and then perhaps in a Big Ten championship game, something that hasn't happened, somewhere Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan team haven't been to Indianapolis since his tenure, since 2015. But one thing Michigan has done since Harbaugh has been the coach at Michigan is beat Penn State at home. Now, it's been a while. It was Harbaugh's first year as Michigan's coach. It's been since 2015. A couple bad losses. One in 2017 where Saquon Barkley ran all over Michigan and Michigan's offense didn't have many answers or any answers at all. And then in 2019 with Shea Patterson, the game at the end, unfortunately, Ronnie Bell dropped a ball in the end zone that could have gave Michigan a win, but Michigan left that game with a loss. So the series, since Harbaugh's been there, has been a bit back and forth. Penn State has won the last two, but Michigan's beat the crap out of them a couple times. Granted, it hasn't been at Beaver Stadium. It hasn't been in Happy Valley, but this isn't going to be a night game. The past two games at Penn State have been wideouts. This is going to be a noon kickoff start, a game in which they are calling a helmet stripe game, which means that most of the stands are going to be wide out, and then there's going to be sections in the middle that will be blue shirts, and that'll represent a helmet stripe. But this is kind of, in my opinion, a, a backwards way of saying, hey, how can we have a wide out without calling it a wide out? That's where I stand on the matter, and I think it's going to be crazy there no matter what night or day, but Day games are a little better on the road, even if you look at wins and losses and all that type of things. It's always harder playing a night game on the road. So, good thing for Michigan there. A good thing that Michigan is 8-1 and one on the year. You can never be mad after a win. I think that should be a rule overall, and it, it kind of is a rule for teams too. Obviously, you know, like, like I said, have some things to clean up, but... Nobody expected Michigan to be 8-1 and one this year. Over 90% of people, I might even say 99.9, didn't think Michigan would be 8-1 and one in 2021 in November after a 2-4 and four campaign a year ago. So we have to give Jim Harbaugh and the new look staff, look at defense coordinator Mike McDonald. He bounced back last week. There was substitution issues issues which did cost Michigan a touchdown because players were getting on the field late then a Kenneth Walker touchdown it happened a few times throughout the game that were notable in which these substitutions just didn't get on the field in time or there was just no need for a substitution period there with Indiana not really changing personnel and running a no huddle attack there's just some things you can't do and that's one of them and they fixed that McDonald fixed that today and hopefully that can be a trend moving forward that doesn't cost Michigan. But I, I 
felt that it was a good bounce back game for Mike McDonald and for the staff and the team as a whole. But red zone offense, pass protection must get better. But there is more positivity than negativity to attain after a game like this. And I hope you all feel the same. But if you disagree, I hope you comment and let me know. Feedback is always welcome. It's always warranted. This is not a a diatribe. It's a discussion. So please leave comments in the article. Please leave us reviews wherever you get your podcast for Mason Brew. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and pretty much wherever else you enjoy listening to people say things about Michigan football, myself included. You can find me. My name is Trevor Woods. In case you didn't know, you can find me on Twitter at Woods Football and find all of my work and the work of my colleagues on mazenbrew.com. I will be talking to you next week after Michigan heads to Penn State, in which they hope will be their ninth victory of the season. Take care until then.